It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. I'm so glad you can join us because I'm in a little bit of a tizzy waiting. Like, I guess, every single Gen X, Y, Z, and whatever-er that's out there right now to see if TikTok is going to live. Yeah, we, we do expect that the fate of everybody under 24 years old is going to be in tears as the <laughs> clock ticks down on the fate of the Chinese video app. But uh, we want to give you this. According to SEMrush, web searches, you ready, for is TikTok shutting down rose more than 10,000% when word got out that President Trump was looking to ban the app. This was in July. Now, if you watch the Cleveland Countdown on Fox Business, you know that Charlie Gasparino and I have been rocking this story, all things TikTok, watching it every minute, breaking news right and left, because we do things a little differently. This time around, what we're going to do is chat about the future of TikTok and the state of the economy as we inch closer and closer to election day. So it's the Liz and Charlie show, which you know, Charlie, that I've wanted to actually do a show that you and I anchored. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't know if it passed the FCC... uh... (laughs) obscenity mandates or (laughs) (laughs) well i'm wondering if we did it streaming maybe there would be a little bit of latitude or something yeah because the fcc only oh yeah and we could get away with it because the fcc didn't doesn't um it doesn't uh, rule on streaming and actually it doesn't rule on cable so we could actually do it that's right i don't know if fox would let us do it we might it's it's a family network but uh you know my sister, her first job in Hollywood, she's a Hollywood producer, television, and she was working for Aaron Spelling Productions, and she would come home every day with news stories of how the network censors were rejecting certain things from the Dynasty scripts. I mean, okay. how bad could Dynasty have been when the network censors were saying no? Yeah, well, she, this it was, was a lot of tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, romance and yeah. sexual, sexual stuff. I could see that. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, and it was, was the 1980s, right? Dynasty? Yeah. Yes, you know? of course. Dallas, Dynasty, all those exciting shows. Love those shows. Boy. All right. Um, you know, I, I got to get first to the TikTok situation. Number one, where do we stand? And knowing that people may be dipping in and out of this podcast uh, over the next couple of days, we, you know, we do remind people it's a moving target, but it has yeah. been since late July when President Trump just summarily broke news that he was going to ban this app that up until then a lot of people had not heard about, and that is TikTok, the short-form video app. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about it. I knew my my niece was into it. Um, You know, Oracle, you know, came off its lows today, but it it was down today. You know, it was in the red. Um, And that's important, obviously, because Oracle is trying to work out a deal where they at least get into a joint venture with with them and and license the algorithm to save it. Um, Whether what's interesting about this story, Liz, and I know people are sick of it. I'm kind of sick of it. You know, we talk about it so much, but it it is fascinating to to follow because it involves obviously high finance. It involves tech. 
It also involves social media, which is fascinating. And it also involves national security. If you believe uh, the Trump administration that TikTok, it's owned by ByteDance, a Chinese company, it was stealing the data uh, of its users, your kids, my my niece and nephew. Which is what the president has said he worries about, although he's offered no evidence so far. No evidence on that, that that it that it's using that for surveillance purposes. Um, Again, I don't not saying I agree with that. But if you believe that um, the structure that they have now with Oracle, not remember, Microsoft was going to buy it. Right. Own it. Pay 20 billion, 30 billion for it. Own it. Own the algorithm. You know, be able to do whatever it wanted with the algorithm to make sure it was safe. Uh, that got scuttled for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think the, the, the ByteDance's major investors, General Atlantic and Sequoia, this is my opinion, I don't think they wanted that deal. They wanted they want to IPO this and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So they weren't crazy about it. The Chinese then came in and put out those new export rules. You know, they got mad at the U.S. for for sticking their nose in the, you know, President Trump for sticking his nose in the TikTok, in the middle of TikTok, demanding a a very large payment for the sale to Microsoft. They came in and they said, listen, if you're going to do that to us, we're going to do this to you. We're going to put put in new export rules, which make it nearly impossible to buy TikTok from the Chinese, or at least the algorithm. And the intellectual um, property, just to yeah. be clear, uh, what the Chinese came through with at almost the 11th hour of round one, two, three, I've lost count, right. was that if a, a certain intellectual property, idea, algorithm, right. creation happened on Chinese ground, the government says, hold on. Yep. We want to hold on to that. This is the pride of China. And that would that would fall under the guise because you're looking at uh, this customized uh, content where if you go on TikTok and you say, I like short form videos of cats taking on bigger dogs, the that's algorithm me. actually that's starts way, to aggregate that, that for you. That, that's me. That's why they, they got all sorts of stuff on me in China about that. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. And so Microsoft only wanted to own it. So they didn't want to do the thing. And, you know, the, the, the bright minds at General Atlantic at Sequoia and ByteDance got together and they found that Oracle was a willing participant in something not exactly a sale. And who wouldn't be? Oracle's going to make a, if this thing goes through, Oracle's going to make a ton of money. They're going to manage the cloud. They're going to own a piece of this when it goes public. The Chinese are going to are going to like still own the algorithm and 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 make out like bandits if there's an IPO. Who wouldn't like that? Um, well, you know, as we kept reporting, more and more people started saying, mm, "This doesn't make sense. It doesn't live up to what Donald Trump initially said." Trump, President Trump, initially said, "They have to, there's no Chinese involvement. They can't own it." Well, they essentially do still own the company now. Uh, so he started like. So he started getting second thoughts even after approving it on Saturday in, in, I guess, nominally approving it in concept. And then the Chinese weighed in and say, oh, well, if you don't want it, if you're going to do that, we may not want it to be sold. So it's a, it's a mess now. I mean, the, the latest I heard is that, uh, yes, there's a recalculation inside the White House on what to do. And the companies are working to try to figure out a structure that can they could thread the needle. And whether let's, this could ever happen is is beyond me. I don't know. As I mean, for all give, I know, it's going to happen in ten minutes. Yeah. But you know, I didn't hear that. You know? Let's give listeners a window into how you and I do our jobs. You have a set of sources, and those sources then speak to other people who then reach out to you. Same with me, because people have been watching our coverage. Talk about 
you don't name them, obviously, but talk about how you've brought together these sources and how they try and game the angle of the story. Because I'm of right. the belief everyone, including your best sources, are all conflicted. They all want their narrative well, every, put out everybody, there. Everybody is conflicted. Listen, the Wall Street, I cover Wall Street. That's my main job. Mm-hmm. What makes Wall Street interesting, my view, is it's not just you know dollars and cents and stock market. There's a whole aspect of Wall Street which they want to either influence public policy or they want to understand public policy to trade off. I've got a whisper campaign going. When I tell you that I was on the phone, my sources were calling, emailing at all hours of the day and night. And these are good ones, which I find so interesting. And half of them will write and say, hey, Liz, what are you hearing now? Right. And let's be clear, the, the, um, the companies themselves, everybody that's involved in this, has you know legions of uh, lobbyists and and PR people and everybody talks to everybody you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and uh, that's just the way it goes. So you know, how they, do you sift through it and and figure out who's just trying well, to get I, you to report I, something that would benefit them? I, I I've been doing this a long time, so I I don't deal in absolutes, and I do have some trusted people that I that don't lead me astray. So and that and that you could still get stuff wrong because this is. This is like an art rather than a science. Science, but you know, you you try your hardest. But if you think about it, we were listen. It's a moving target, so we're not going to be a hundred percent. But we were pre, We've been pretty much on the money with this story. The mm-hmm. the uncertainty around it, in particular, the the notion that Microsoft had the best hand at buying it. There's no doubt. The notion that 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 this deal, if if Oracle does get it, reeks of what's known as crony capitalism. And why is that? I mean, Larry Ellison is very close to Trump. He's going to make a lot of money. Oracle is going to make a lot of money, his company, if if this thing goes through. Uh, that uh, General Atlantic and Sequoia are, you know, major, you know, the people that run that company, Bill Ford and Doug Leone, respectively, are very plugged into GOP politics. Steve Mnuchin clearly is pushing the deal internally. William Barr, the AG, is clearly not. We were the first to report that. The Journal reported that today. As And, and uh, Mike Pompeo is nominally on the fence, but has, has spoken up about the national security concerns and that stuff that he's the Secretary of State that we were first to report as well. So, you know, that's kind of what we do. And, you know, we try to, you try to do the best you can but knowing that there's no absolutes until you see the press release. And then, then it's like, you know, when they issue the press release, then you know it's a done deal. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going back to what you were spot on regarding the crony capitalism question, you know, when you reward your political allies with 
a clear shot at something that doesn't allow better partners, i.e. Microsoft, if you're going on the original request by Donald Trump that it be sold to an American technology company, completely divested of any Chinese ties. So you said we were right, you know, that Oracle stood the best chance. I got to tell you, the first couple of weeks of this story, my sources were saying, it's Microsoft, it's Microsoft, it's Microsoft. Well, that was well, no, we absolutely said, we true until the goalposts were moved by President right. Trump. Yeah. Well, yes. Listen, we, we were saying it's Microsoft that had the best shot at buying it. Yes. When the goalposts moved, um, and by the way, I should point out, I think the goalposts moved not by Trump necessarily, but by the Chinese. They, when they issued those export rules that made it, it, they, it would just make it impossible for Microsoft to buy it. Um, then the goalpost moved and it was facing a ban. And that's when it got interesting that Trump said, okay, um, more or less, the White House pushed for a deal that wasn't a total sale. And then you kind of scratch the surface a little bit and you say, well, why are they doing that? Uh, Well, then you found out that, I mean, you don't have to scratch that hard. This is pretty Mm -hmm. obvious. Microsoft, Walmart, excuse me, um, Oracle has these plugs in with the administration. Um, ByteDance is two major U.S. investors. I, again, Sequoia and uh, General Atlantic are very close, uh, run by big GOPers. So that's where it becomes like, okay, if you're going to do one of these half measures, okay, why is Oracle the one that benefits from the half measures? I mean, think of it this way. If this was all about creating a partnership, not a sale, not totally dislodging it from the Chinese, wouldn't it be, shouldn't every tech firm get a, get a shot? Of you know, course. Why is the government saying it should be Oracle? It's almost yeah. like a no-bid contract. And I yeah, will say, I mean, what it is. does anything, true or false, does anything about this deal, this joint venture, ensure national security? I, I want to make two points, Liz. Number one, a, a point though, before I address that, um, every administration engages in crony capitalism. So it's not just Trump. I mean, you know, when you go back to the Obama years. I mean, I'm telling you, people benefit that give money. And, uh, you know, uh, so just if, you know, we can, but but now we're covering Trump now. Just the Trump admission was not, Obama's not in office. So, and everybody knows about the, the weird stuff that went on with the Clinton Foundation. So mm-hmm. just, just for the record, and I, Dick Cheney's I, former company yeah. and the yeah, Iraq I mean, I War, etc. You could go back. You could go back forever. This is oh. there's always this is. But that but these are stories that the press needs to talk about. So do we shine the light on it and then people recalibrate recal- on the notion of national security? I will just say this: if you believe that the Chinese are using TikTok to spy on people, I'm not saying I believe it. As a matter of fact, I, I until I see evidence, and I, for some reason, I, I just for some reason I can't get my arms around. I don't really think like they're stealing stuff from my dance videos of my my niece. Uh, but if you believe that, anything less than an, a, a purchase by a U.S. tech provider of the algorithm is you know opens you opens the, the it's still still the problem still persists. Anything less than that, even if you have lots of people looking over it and you know, tons of scrutiny, you could have done that anyway. You know what I'm saying? The algorithm theoretically is embedded. I mean, that this is this is this was the this was the argument that they that they used the Trump 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 people used. The algorithm was embedded with Chinese spyware or whatever. So then you have to say to yourself, what company is really good? If, and, and this is where it gets interesting. Like Microsoft is one of the few companies that if you bought that, they could probably peel that apart. Oracle's not known for that, just so you know. I mean, 
you know it, I know it. They're not, they're not that type of top tier. Right. And for people who like don't that. really know the TikTok story, there are a minimum of 100 million users in America, in India, 600 million plus. Yeah, no, it's huge. And it's- here's the big underlying story that my sources told me, and that was that President Trump got the idea to ban TikTok when he saw Narendra Modi, the head of India, do that after uh, there was a face-off and a skirmish on the border between India and contested regions there in China. And uh, some Indian soldiers died. They were killed. And Modi said, that's it. And he banned 59 apps and all the lookalike apps when it came to TikTok. And that was it. One minute it was there, the next it wasn't. Now, Trump's playing a little bit of a game here. He didn't really understand that in America, you have to go through processes. And I, I don't think he really understood what he was getting into when he well, said, you know, he could they got to sell it. He could pass an executive order, which he did, to, to force the banning of it. it, just, it but it this just, isn't it, a ban. <laughs> well, not, not now. Well, on November 12th, it, it could be banned if, it, if they don't reach some sort of a deal. Um, or he can rescind the ban. That that's the whole thing. I, I think what the the sort of I, a lot of people think the uh, the instigating factor on Trump was the um, was was this Tulsa rally that somehow TikTokers screwed with that. You know, mm-hmm. bought up tickets or made it sound like it was never be showed up, never showed up, <laughs> so, empty seats. Yeah. So that embarrassment. The, the, this, this is his uh, revenge. Do you remember when President Trump got off Air Force One? back in D.C. after the Tulsa rally, and his tie was undone. He looked furious. Do you remember that? The walk? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. And I looked at that, and I thought, ooh, you know, TikTokers got to him. Yeah. And it was yes. shortly thereafter that he said, I want this thing neutralized. Well, and then he kind of backed himself. You know, the, the, the interesting thing is if he probably played it down a little, the Chinese might have approved one of the iterations of the deal, Microsoft and all that, because mm-hmm. I think the Chinese hate losing face. If you, if you stick it in their eye, they're going st- to, it, it gets back to their, you know, their, their wounds from colonialism. So they're not going to, if you're going to do it to them, watch them do it back to you. Does and any I of this have any effect on the election. We're 40 days out from, at least as uh, this taping is happening, from November 3rd, election day. What are you hearing from Wall Street when it comes down to Trump versus Biden? Um, Here's this sort of interesting thing on Wall Street, and it could at the margins, you know, a lot of people thought like a lot of 12-year-old kids are going to complain to their parents and who are already (laughs) pissed off at Trump and they might vote against them. But here's the interesting thing about Trump uh, and the polls. If you look at the real clear politic average, and, and like I, I'm hearing this on Wall Street a lot, and again, Wall Street follows this stuff because public policy is you know impacts impacts Wall Street and all their machinations, and who's in the White House obviously affects public policy, and who's in the Senate. If you look at the real clear politics average, Trump still is in that band where it's in the margin of error. That for whatever reason. Biden, as bad as Trump, Trump has had, a, I mean, like we had a pandemic, he said some wildly crazy stuff about shooting detergent during COVID, you know, optically, even though policy wise, he didn't do anything crazy, but optically he wasn't very good. And, ver- and you know, his, his statements were, were erratic, but still 
Biden hasn't closed the deal. And I think what most people are saying on Wall Street is that it's going to come down to the debates. Does Can Biden hold his own in the debates? And if he does, you know, there's a good chance he's going to win. If he doesn't, well, you know, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't made the complete sale as bad as Trump has been. He still is in the race. And, uh, you know, he's done. And by the way, we should point out Trump has done some good things which helped his standing. I mean, the economy did not fall off the cliff as bad as it could have. Um, and that and that thanks to uh, and, and the Fed and Larry Kudlow, um, you know, putting together just throwing money, which that's what you're, when you're supposed to throw money when you have something right. like this. Right. It was the, the exact opposite of what they did during the Great Depression in the run up to the Great Depression. They didn't throw money at. They constricted the economy. They got involved in trade wars. The Fed contracted the money supply. Yeah, smooth Holly. Hoover, yeah, Hoover, I mean, just they had a trade war. Herbert Hoover raised taxes. He thought the deficit was bigger than creating jobs. And, you know, we didn't do any of that. We did just the opposite. It was you know what I thought was interesting? That I thought that President Trump, if he was going to fight a trade war, the time to do it was when he did it, which is when the yeah. economy was very strong. However, I think the real problem is something that people don't feel, and that is the deficit the ballooning deficit, the ballooning debt to the point where it's almost like people can't wrap their minds around it. They don't feel it. It's funny money. But our U.S. dollar is losing a lot of air. It is not really looking like the reserve currency of the world. It's not the flight to quality anymore. Uh, I just wonder what precipice we're barreling toward that we just don't see. We've been hearing that for so long that people mm -hmm. are so inured by it. They don't like grasp it. Like we've been here talking about the deficit. Mm -hmm. You know, when is it, when is it, when are we going to have a run on the dollar? You know, and uh, you know, really when Nouriel Rabini predicted Armageddon pre uh, pre um, uh, the 2008 financial crisis, his initial prediction was not about, you know, banks, a banking collapse. His initial prediction was, you know, some sort of run on the dollar, as mm -hmm. I recall. Yeah. Um, so people have been predicting this for a long time and it, it hasn't come to, to fruition. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying. As bad as we are, they're, they're a lot worse. How about this? And it's the cleanest shirt in the laundry basket. Yeah, that's politically correct. If ever. Isn't that, isn't that sweet? Although let me tell you something. So Canadian of me. But, but shirts might object to it. <laughs> the poor shirts. But do they okay, I want two shirts? predictions as we finish up. Number one. Will the markets fall off a cliff if Joe Biden is elected president? There will be a correction, I believe, if Biden is elected. People are going to have to rearrange their stocks if Biden is elected and there's a Republican and there's a Democratic Senate. Mm -hmm. If there's divided government, I, I, I don't think so. I, listen, it may correct anyway. I mean, you know, people have to take a deep breath, figure out where we are. I think the real problem is if, you know, one of the things the markets did when Trump was elected, if you remember, people thought, oh, it's Armageddon because he was threatening a trade war. But but the market sniffed it out really quick. Republicans kept the Senate. They had the House and they had Trump. That was that was it was going to they were going to bring in, um, you know, tax cuts and pro-business policies. Literally, after the the the, uh, the futures traded off, they reversed. Mm -hmm. and the next day, they, they recovered and obviously had a rally based on that. And I I think if you have if you have divided government. You know, I don't think it would be so bad if Joe Biden and the and the, and the Democrats do win both. It, just common sense wise, I know the Fed is still inflating the economy. You're still going to have to factor into your portfolio 
you know, more regulation, more taxes, mm-hmm. capital gains, all that stuff, because they have a blank slate. So that's that's where I think it gets it gets interesting. You probably will have uh, at least a short term sell off. Okay, and second prediction: TikTok. <laughs> Does this deal get pushed to after the election? Just this, to save President Trump from appearing know, like he retreated I, from his red line that he drew. That's what I thought they were going to do last week. You know, when they, they set that November 12th date, it was like a soft ban, a punt. Mm-hmm, and, then, and then he turned around and said, oh, I want to do it. You know, so I. And now I it's pushed it's just, out to a week. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Is it a week now? I, I, just, I lost track. Yeah. Did they say next week that it has to be done? Yeah, they gave him a one week reprieve. All right. Well. Listen, I, I, I am. I think this is not something you want to predict. I mean, if you're, if you, if you're, if, if, if you're telling me no Chinese involvement, you can't do this deal. If you're going to back off your 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 initial thing, well, then mm-hmm. okay, then you're going to be accused of crony capitalism and backing off your initial thing. So you tell me what's going to happen. Well, maybe we'll know September twenty seventh, but something tells me there will be yet another deadline that has been extended. Charlie, it's great yep. to talk to you. And let's, let's think about that show. Okay. I'm not kidding. Okay. I, want, I want all kinds of suggestions from our listeners. Here's what I want to do. I want to shave every day? Yeah, would, uh, every night. I want this to be prime time. Would you do okay. an 8 p.m. show with me? I would love to do an 8 p.m. show. Because that slot is open. Oh, interesting. Well, I don't make that call. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Our one, our only Charlie Gasparino. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. And by the way, each day, this is a soap opera that you have to check in on. It's better than General Hospital in the 70s. Okay, so you have to watch 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fox Business Network. Charlie saves his big scoops for the Clayman Countdown. So I hope you listen. Thanks so much for joining us. Much more to come each week right here on Everyone Talks to Liz. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.